This is the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. And we're back! On the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast, I'm here with my trusted boon companion, Tom. It's me, the Tim Man. Oh yeah, Tim, that's right. Nice to meet you, Tim. Hi, I'm Tim. So, last time on the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast, we podcasted, or as I like to say, podcasted about The Godfathers Part 1. Yes, The Godfather. It's a very well-rated movie. Yes, even you like it. The Tin Man. Alright, but, uh, you know, we're going to get into the finally, finally, something of substance with The Godfather Part 2. Yes, that's a sequel. Uh, now, Tim, you purport to not care for this movie on the on the same level that the, the crit consensus says? If you're asking me if I like it as much as the first thing, is there's no. No, but that's not that's not fair. So the first time you watched this, you didn't just say, I don't like it as much as the first. You said, I wasn't very good. So I don't get what the big deal is, because I knew that people kind of said that it was better than the first, or that it was the equal of the first. And really, my first take was that it was half of a movie. How so? Well, the I thought the De Niro scenes and the Vito Corleone storyline was super baffo, and I thought that the Michael uh, side was really kind of boring, and I didn't really care about the characters. And I thought that Al Pacino really didn't do a great job of acting since he had one mood inflexible the entire movie. That was my initial take. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, give a little overview here, because I think that compared to Godfather 1, relatively fewer people have seen this one. Now, of course, anyone with their salt should see it, but it's not as popular. So what you're getting at is the movie is divided into basically two interwoven themes. One is the rise of Vito, Marlon Brando from the first movie, his uh, travails from from being a child in Sicily to to coming up in New York, and the continued down or the continued malevolence of Michael and downfall into the abyss. Okay, so you're I agree. That's what you first said when you first watched it. You really liked the De Niro parts, the old timey parts, and you didn't like the Michael parts. Now, your buddy, Roger E. Burt, yeah, not Robert E. Jert, which yeah. I like to say from time to time. Or Robert E. Lee. This is Roger E. Burt. Sure. God rest both their souls. But this one's the movie reviewer. He said similar criticism in that he thought, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. It was overlong, and the two stories didn't really work woven in together. Unlike you, however, he only liked the Michael parts. He thought that the Vito parts were distracting and should have been a separate movie. He thought the Michael parts were the superior parts. Okay, so in terms of being interwoven together, I thought they, I thought they were woven together well because you clearly see the connection between what happened with Vito. You remember what happened with Vito and Michael in the first movie, and then you see what happens with Michael in the second. That's the part that's good. I just didn't think that... It so compelled me so on two, the Michael so, side. So two things here. First of all, uh, I, this is my favorite thing about you, really. The is that a lot of times you'll take a position, and you're willing to reevaluate that position. Now it may take some time. But just as often, you'll actually contradict your own position as you're talking. So you think it's woven well together. 
I think that they're woven well together because you see the connection between both of them. I just don't like the execution of the Michael side. It is over long, and Michael is somewhat... <laughs> Michael really is just the glummest dude. I He's just this brooding anger the whole time. No. He's, he, Wrong. He doesn't do jack. I mean, he never smiles. Wrong. You're the puppet. <laughs> you are so so wrong on this. What does this that is, mean? You're the puppet. What's that for, my Donald Trump? Oh, that's so true. this is you're the puppet. This is not only your worst opinion ever. Thank you. It's the worst opinion ever. A lot of people. of anyone on any subject. This is not just Pacino's best performance, which I bet by the end of this podcast you'll admit. It's maybe the best acting performance of all time. I just, I don't know how you can really say that. You don't think that he, like, for example, take the Fredo scene. You broke my heart, etc. He manages with very few words to convey anger, disappointment, a, a deep longing, a love of his brother, and, and, and betrayal in a way that, I mean, how can you say that he is just, he's just glum, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's just not true. You did point to the one scene where he showed any emotion other than anger. And I think... Oh, really? What about when Kay has the abortion? Did he show any emotion other than anger there? No it sadness. Anger. No. It was anger. Righteous indignation, disappointment. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. My the realization that his life has come to nothing. Sadness. My, my favorite scene of Michael in the movie it relates to the Fredo scene. Because I thought the Fredo scene is... But it's like it's like trying to judge the opening scene of The Godfather because it becomes cliche. That's the one scene everybody remembers in The Godfather too. Before that, when they're at the, uh, can I say sex club on this podcast? Is it a sex club? It is a sex club. I don't know what else you call it. I could call it an sex club. All right. All right. When they're at the sex club, and he and Fredo, who gotta tell you, is not bright. Let's it slip in a very clumsy way that he actually did betray Michael. When before Michael just knew it but hadn't got confirmation of it, you see on his face then that it actually did break his heart. The statement, you broke my heart, to me by itself just rings like something Michael says and who gives a crap. But when you see him in the SEX club, he, you see his heart breaking. That was good. I'll give you that. Okay, so now we're up to what, two scenes that are good? Of, there of are more good scenes, but I mean, it's just not What about the scene where he's with the senator and he says, My offer is this? Nothing. Right, and of course, you don't think that's a, a re- good scene? It's a, it's a redo, redux, if you will, of the uh, story that he tells to Kate about how the Godfather got Johnny Fontaine's contract, uh, you know, let him out of his contract with giving him an offer he couldn't refuse. This was his giving an offer that he couldn't refuse. It's a parallel with Vito. This is why they're interwoven well. But, I I mean, look, it's fine. It's good. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's good. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm, by, by comparison. That's how I would describe, like, the Metro League. <laughs> you know? I know. The, like, you got uh, shot on there, man. All right. It's fine. It, you know, it usually works pretty well. <laughs> This is the greatest movie of all time, you idiot. No, it's not. <laughs> You're a complete idiot. It is not the greatest it movie is. of all time. It you hear about is. Metropolitan, by the way. Hey, here's the thing, bud. You're way off, okay? You're way off and you're out of line. Well, look, he's got none of the panache of Don Fanucci. All right? That dude's my personal hero. So, Ebert loved the Michael Parts and Pauline Kale, one of the great reviewers of all time, 
Know, know her? Know her? No? Nah. Heard of her. Yeah. She thinks that maybe it's the best acting performance of all time. And what she really drilled down on is the fact that Contra Heat, awesome movie, Contra Scent of a Woman, he is he's not a caricature. He's not emoting to draw attention to himself. He's not hamming it up at all. And yet, in his balanced, nuanced way, his quiet portrayal runs the gamut of emotions. And whenever he's in a scene, he is the focus of that scene. Much in the same way that Brando was in the first movie, but without nearly the flair. Because the, the point doesn't call for it. And you, someone who, ladies and gentlemen, I know Tim a little bit. Way more than he thinks I do. The Tim man. You hate the easy pleasers. You hate the flashy performances. And that's exactly what this isn't. And yet it manages to enra- you know, capture your attention 100% of the time. Okay, so you, you nailed it when you said without the flair. And that's it entirely. I mean... He, it's like a two-hour one-trick pony. Oh, really? You watch, you like a movie called Metropolitan, which is the quintessential one-trick pony movie, Metropolitan. For all that I love it, it's just, you know, it's basically an hour and 45 minutes of talking and walking around parties. That's one trick. Wrong. Metropolitan is a multi-layered, multi-faceted, human nature think piece a scathing indictment of modern society and an upholding a tradition metropolitan is to movies what bob is to music so if i can summarize your argument i think fairly it's this that the godfather 2 one trick pony metropolitan multifaceted wonderful masterpiece is that pretty much it well when you put it like that i'm gonna have to say yes because I've seen mo- I've seen both these movies with other people, and I, I think, I think you, I, you may be in the minority. I don't know. I haven't done the necessary legwork to research and you know do a census or anything. Yeah, what can I say? So you know, with with the first movie, we went on for about an hour, totally justified, of just an appreciation for the film, scene by scene, and every scene in that film is its own, you know, like adherent for best scene because it's it's universally beloved. Obviously, we have already started to disagree about The Godfather 2, so I'm not going to go scene by scene. It's also difficult with the intercutting of the two time periods. It's a I'm great gonna, movie. Yeah, I'm going to take a macro view on this, okay? It is a great movie. For all of God, and I think this is part of why you and most people prefer one, in addition to it being more of an easy pleaser, which is what you go for, a la A Few Good Men. In addition to it being an easy pleaser, it's a romantic movie. It does critique the underworld and, and, and those things, but really it's, it's a pan to the good mobsters, to the good paterfamilias in the mob, to the good things about the mob, or at least the necessary evils of the mob in the best way, right? Vito's more of a hero than an anti-hero. Yes. Vito is more of a father than a deadbeat dad, Right. Yeah, his a... family is the good guys. The other families are the bad guys. And even though it does critique Michael and it does critique it, especially at the end, but it, it's a romantic view of this. I will I will agree with you to the extent that yes, it does also highlight the good things about the mob, which is one of the things I like about it, is that it does highlight. There is some good there. There are the things that are traditional and family and all that, 
But you're right. It's a good point. And I'm a romantic at heart. Okay. But, and this is another long-standing argument, that's one of the things you would say is that Michael's downfall is all in the first one. You don't need the second one. You're right. par- paraphrasing you. This is exactly why you need the second one. The second one is the corrective to the first one. It is the cynical, I wouldn't say purely cynical, but the, the flip side of the coin, the dark side of the moon, as your boys would say. I mean, seriously, you, you need the second film, or else the first film is really just a love fest with none of the, the fall. Disagree. Okay. Because the point of the first film, and the first film does it in a, in a better way, certainly more subtle, than Goodfellas. Okay. So Goodfellas, I mean, that movie starts out very obviously as, wow, the, the mob is so much fun and it's great and, boy, these guys are cool. And it ends up, and you see that it is horrific. And the transition is jarring and violent. I mean, that's Scorsese's intent. It's great. But the Godfather, the first Godfather, does that in the way that it hang, handles the Michael story. You're right. Vito is only portrayed really in a good light. And that's what makes him so great. But Michael shows you how, in order to take over that mantle, he's got to sell out his own soul. Now, The Godfather 2, when you say a corrective, it starts to taint Vito in that movie, too. Although I still think it looks totally cool. No, I, I mean, it, I suppose you could say taint. I would just say it colors in the, the, the missing parts of the picture. I don't think that any good Catholic, certainly, and any moral person can only laud the Mafia. In any way, you have to acknowledge the other side. So you might prefer to show the good aspects, or you know, m- much like Miller's Crossing, where we we say that the immoral environment heightens the moral actions of certain characters and brings it into stark relief why they are comparatively the hero or not. But you can't say that a movie that addresses in a more detailed manner the insidious nature of evil is you know, for that fact, worse. What you can say is I prefer watching the first one, and I think you do. Maybe even I do. I don't really. I like the second one more. But, I mean, I think it's an important film because I don't think any picture of this family is complete without the other side of it. But I ask you in reverse, where in the second movie is there any uh, lauding or glorification of anything about any of these people in the Mafia? Why? Why does the, if the first movie successfully did that? Why would the second movie have to? I think if, they're of a piece. And if the first movie successfully showed the downside, then why do you need the second? Well, I, I started out this conversation three minutes ago saying I don't think it did. That's my whole point. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I don't agree. I think the first movie is a perfect piece in and of itself. What about the first movie shows that? Because the, the first movie is scene of. Connie and Carlo's kid is the perfect encapsulation of Michael's total depravity. As he hypocritically becomes the godfather in the Roman Catholic Church of his godson, he becomes the godfather by mass murder of the largest crime syndicate in the country. You are adding in your view of morality where, onto something where it's only hinted at. He, yes, he's a hypocrite, but that could be a critique of the church or the keeping up of appearances as much as a critique of Michael. Michael could alternatively be seen as a hero for solidifying the power in his family, the good family, the legacy of Vito, where his brothers failed, and doing what was necessary. 
it's only in the second movie that you truly see the horrible consequence. In the first movie, all you see is him succeeding. See, the problem is, I understand your point, but I can't watch that movie other than as a Catholic. And as a Catholic, I see him losing his soul. That's great, but you can't say that. I mean, I know. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's what, the what point. Season, that, that is to me, point. that's and far I, worse than any anything else that happens to him in those course, movies. Of course, but you don't see the temporal consequences of his actions. He only succeeds wildly, beyond all measure. Season uh, spoiler alert for Breaking Bad. Well, if you if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, and you want to scooch ahead a few minutes. See, the Godfather one is season four of Breaking Bad. That and, is that any with Face Off? Right. Okay. We don't have to get into specifics, and then. Walt's, you know, relative downfall, extreme downfall, in season five, is The Godfather 2. And I, I bet you most people would say their favorite season of Breaking Bad is season, you know, that season four, season three, that, that arc. And season five is good, but, you know, it's just depressing or it's, it's not as good, whatever. And to me, that's why season five is the best. I don't want a show that, that leaves hints of, of consequences for its main character or has him temporarily triumph. That could be a great show, and it would be a great show without it. But the, what makes it the best show of all time is that it doesn't let him off the hook. It throws him into the gutter in the, in the last season, and that's what Godfather 2 is all about. I know. I mean, he, he totally bites it in that car in New Hampshire. He doesn't get to an exact revenge or get the money to his kids or anything. I mean, he totally dies in that car. Okay. And Breaking Bad spoilers. My favorite season of Breaking Bad, therefore, is season 5, despite the fact that it's not nearly the easy pleaser. It's not as exciting, maybe. That's why it's the best because it, it visits. That's what good art, you know. That's what I, I art doesn't have to, but it's nice when when art. It's such a drag, visits, though. Yeah, visits the punishments of sin on the the characters that sin. That dude doesn't smile in that movie. Let me give you one more, okay? Okay. Uh, someone said, and I believe it may have been God, that the love of money is the root of all evil. I know it was through Saint Paul, right? But wasn't it? I don't know. I think that's in Proverbs. I stand corrected. Yeah, St. Paul. And that's what the original sin was of Vito for all his heroic attributes. Perhaps he started out, and I'm not going to get into the right or the wrong, he started out trying to protect his family, trying to get out from under the thumb of the black hand, trying to blah, 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 trying to build something, trying to succeed where the... American justice system failed or where it failed because he was an immigrant or whatever. But eventually it got to a point where this was a money-making endeavor and Michael took that to the nth degree. And therefore, you have to see it unravel. That's what a good uh that's what that's what good art does, man. It teaches you the truth and that's that's the truth. Yeah, I guess so, but Vito had noble intent. I, <laughs> I don't I don't think that Michael had it. You sound like uh, you sound like uh, Father James Martin or something. It's, like it's all about intent, not actions, all that sort of thing. This man. I want you to take that. I take nothing back. back. No. Unbelievable. So to me, the I'm God as straight as an arrow. The Godfather Two absolutely is a necessary corrective. It's the flip side of the coin. It is uh, the root of all evil, not showing uh, as a result of the love of money, and. It's a critique of, you know, an, unbi- an unbridled pursuit of wealth, of the worst excesses of materialism, capitalism, that sort of thing. Michael was not in it for the money at any point. Michael was in it for power. No one's really in it for the money. That's You just said Vito was. No. There's more of an argument for that because he's really in no, it no, to no. protect his family and Sorry. earn 
and protect for his family. What I mean, money means the world. Money means power. Money means things, as opposed to those eternal so spiritual money, goods. Money is my platypus. What is that? I don't even know what that is. Uh, Phineas and Ferb when oh, okay, uh, Doofus is like, my teacher is a platypus. There's so, a yeah. plan of us controlling me. He's so under the I, table. I guess it's just, you know, when we take the four temperaments tests, you come out as choleric or choleric, as the pronunciation goes, and I come out as melancholic. It's my melancholic side. I need to see the death and destruction. I need to see the downfall. I want to see it. That's the truth. It's the truth. I, I need I, to see all that, but inflicted on others. Right. Well, how about Michael Corleone? Bingo. <sighs> well, what's your favorite scene then, Tom? Pick a favorite scene. That's rough. It is a great look. It's a great movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the Michael side and the Vito side so that I give him equal treatment. I just love that you quoted to me earlier today the Hyman Ross scene. I'm gonna go in there and take a nap. When I come back out, if the money's on the table, I know I have a partner. If the if two it million dollars is on the table. Yeah. So I mean, it's just so great. The playing of Roth throughout is so fantastic and without getting into any other kind of stereotypical thing what what he does is he plays the bland menace very well the dude is bland and he certainly is a menace and over it all i mean michael always triumphs and every triumph comes with a personal cost for michael and in the end he runs out of people to alienate but in the veto scene I love when he gets fired from the store. I mean, I know this is not one of the major seasons of that movie, but the reason why Vito succeeded to begin with and the reason why he became Godfather and people followed him was all encapsulated in that. Totally gets hosed by the black hand and his boss who fires him because he's afraid and he knows he's got a family. The guy feels bad. He wants to stuff him with food. He feels totally bad. He's like, no, you've been very good to me. He's been very grateful. Everything with Vito is in the insinuation, and I think he really does on some level mean the gratitude. He, to him, it's about relationships. You help the little old woman lady, you know, the, 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 the landlord scene and all that. It's all about relationship. Buona Sera at the beginning, you never called me godfather. And that's him. He recognized somebody did him a good turn, and he's going to pay him back. Even if it was a small thing, he's not going to take retribution. Whereas Michael, I got the feeling that if he crossed him in anything, he would take retribution. Vito takes retribution. He goes back to Sicily and murders yeah. the old man totally, from a temporal perspective, totally unnecessary. The right, but, but that's the vendetta, man. That, right, but my point is... You know, the the ends don't justify the means. Oh no! And it, not that's that what the he does is point of this movie, right? But not that what he does is right. But just there is something about him that's still that in Vito, in the context of this mortal sin lifestyle. Clearly, there is something good in him. That family, the tradition, that thing where he's he's about. He just adopts his own set of morality, but there is one. Whereas Michael's about don't cross me or you're going to die. Okay, I agree, but I think that's why the movie's necessary. You can't have it that way. <laughs> it ultimately will fail. You can't. When you're not a person that is integrally consistent, that is holy, it's going to fall apart. Whether it's you know you or your son or whatever. Did you look inside there? I don't bother with things that don't concern me. Yeah. I love it. So What's your all, favorite scene? We all love you. I'll get to my, my favorite scene, which is obviously and certainly the scene with Fredo. And there is no other choice. Now I'll go, I'll go to my... Which scene with Fredo? 
You broke my heart. Oh, I thought you were going to so, say the boat. The boat I could handle, but not the break. Yeah, and that. yeah, that's one scene split. Yeah, but anyway, that that's number one. If you can take those together somehow, the one that touches me the most is the abortion scene where she tells Michael that she she aborted the son because I mean, what father wouldn't wouldn't? I mean, I'm not saying it was okay to hit her. I'm just saying that oh, what 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 I, person wouldn't be angry? I am the saying of a child? that not only was it okay for him to hit her. I cheered at that the first time I saw it. I will cheer every time I see it because that chick deserved a punch in the face. Again, deserving something morally and inflicting it is two different matters. If you kill my child, a punch in the face is the least you should expect. It's vengeance. I don't care. Can't let me be gay podcast. Anyway, (laughs) uh, but I'll go ahead and talk about one that... She killed a kid, man! I'll go ahead and talk about one that doesn't doesn't maybe uh, register on favorite scenes, but one that I want to contrast to the first movie. So in the first movie, the baptism scene, the murders, Michael's a hypocrite, got it. This this practice of religion, uh, however real it is, is not nearly complete and uh, is, is mostly utilitarian or cultural, right? Yes. So, in the second scene, I thought it was interesting that they had this parade, and I don't remember what the parade was for exactly. In the old-timey scene. Yeah. Where yeah. Jesus... They're, it, they're was one of the, it was a patron was, saint feast. I forget okay. which one it was, though. Right, and they're carrying a statue of our Lord around, right? And Our Lady. Okay. And they contrast that scene, that parade, and the incense and all that sort of thing, with, um, I guess you should call it a procession more than a parade. I don't know. Procession. With the murder of Finucci, right? Yes. Fantastic what's scene. That, what's that trying to say, in your opinion? You know, it's funny. I just, okay, I'm a simpleton. I, I don't pretend to be the Catholic movie guy. I'm just the Tim Man, you know? You know what? I do pretend to I'm be. I'm a lovable. Somewhat successfully. I'm just a lovable galoot that walks around saying stuff. So my thing was, hey, there's a lot of noise going on, so I'll be able to shoot this dude without anybody noticing me. Bingo. Well, certainly pragmatically, yeah. Yeah, that's all I got out of it. Uh, call, call me an elitist, <laughs> but I tend to try to take a, a little more of an in-depth view there. I think I think we're supposed to get something out of the contrast of the religious imagery uh, with the murder. Same thing know. with Michael. Coast Guard? So I'll go ahead and just spitball. Go ahead. Number one... Although Vito's not really shown participating in the procession the same way that Michael was in the baptism, so less of a hypocrite, still somewhat of a hypocrite because he was, by all accounts, a, a Catholic and passed that on to his family. And they obviously had First Communion baptism, all that sort of thing. But I think it just, again, is my point. The original sins of Vito are visited upon Michael in a more extreme way and an unforeseen way. His hypocrisy in that murder Michael's hypocrisy in taking out the five families. What I thought was cool was that, so he first meets with Don Vanucci, who just wants to wet his beak, all right? So he gives him... He doesn't want to soak it. Right. Just wet it. He agrees, and he doesn't cheat his partners. He tells him, you give me this money and let me do this. And and so he makes a profit off of his partners, and that's when he elevates himself above Tessio and... um, Clemenza. Clemenza. So he goes to Vanucci, he just gives him 100 bucks. Fanucci is then seen later during the procession attaching some money. It may not be a hundred bucks, but something to the uh, Blessed Virgin because you know they they put money on these things. It's part of like a parade float or whatever. But so he and he see and he's seen giving alms to everybody. You know, tooting his own trumpet. But the the ironic thing is that he just got the money from Vito from crime to put there and there. There's your hypocrisy from so Vito. But and then secondarily. 
what a wonderful time to live in when a neighborhood had a religious procession that everybody turned out for and it meant something to them. Our country sucks. Agreed on all points, but I have to make two little points off of that. First, I think that Don Finucci's hypocrisy is kind of transferred to the Corleone family in that whole thing you're describing. He's a religious hypocrite just like this, and they're not really um, obeying the precepts of their faith. Second of all, the thing, one of the things that's always kind of bothered me, I hesitate to even say it, but I don't like the mixing. (laughs) 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 Why do I even try, ladies and gentlemen? Where's Boo Bonner? I mean, uh, he's not a real doctor. I've always been bothered. The church needs money. We need to support our pastors. We need to support the church. We need to donate. I've always been bothered by that uneasy relationship between money and religion, between the mixing of religious events with donating money. And this scene... Doesn't bother me. Well, that's good because I didn't even ask you. But this scene... The Tidman. Showing Our Lord and Our Lady literally covered in money during this procession, I think that is pretty clearly a commentary on the distasteful nature uh, of the whole of the whole endeavor and of the hypocrisy of the characters. So we're all agreed. The country should return to the gold standard. Yeah, I mean, when I see that, whether it's historically accurate or not, it, it bothers me. It I is a little. It, it convey, it's cheesy. It's cheesy. It conveys the point quite clearly that we're supposed to see this putatively outward. Uh, they, their faith is on their lips, but not in their hearts. Type of thing. Hmm. Well, I didn't get that sense from the bulk of the. Um, festival goers in that movie but yeah that's the the that's the imagery that's being presented in the movie for sure yeah i don't know how we've made it to a half an hour talking about this uh what was it a two-hour one-trick pony well there's a podcast and you asked me a bunch of questions tim yeah your opinions are as shallow as they are erroneous it doesn't even work. That doesn't even sound like it a doesn't. compliment. It doesn't. But you know what, Tim? It's a wonderful movie. Wonderful. I love it. It's a fantastic movie. Not as good as the first. Tim, what would you give this movie out of 10? Okay. Question. Yes. Can there be more than one 10 out of 10 movie? Well, of course. 10, 10 out, out of 10 doesn't mean perfect. It means this is a ten very out of top ten. tier. 10 oh. out of 10. So after all your kvetching and railing, you're giving it a perfect score. I'm only kvetching and wailing, comparing it to the greatest movie of all time. But to say it's a two-hour one-trick pony sounds a little bit more... By the way, it's a three-hour one-trick I don't know that I said two-hour, but you if did, I did... I wrote it down right here. Well, maybe I'm just counting the Michael scenes. My point is, <laughs> look, the, it's, it's just unrelenting crapitude. There is a downer aspect to this movie that just doesn't make it that fun. You'll watch Godfather 1 on a continuous loop, interspersed with A Few Good Men, which I which I really enjoyed. Um, whenever you see it on cable, Godfather 2 requires an act of the will and a commitment, and you got to want to. It's rewarding, but it's not like, oh yeah. It's like, okay, Godfather 2, do I have enough time to, to, to sink in? That's the difference. Godfather 1 trounces it, man. Okay. It trounces it. Okay, you're, you're very wrong. And I want to say that... 10 I, out of 10. I enjoy watching this movie every time. The last time I watched it, which was probably, you know, I don't know, 10, a dozen, I don't know. I was just as engaged as I was the first time. And actually more so. I think that it rewards repeated viewings in a way that the first does not. They both do because they're right up there as the greatest movie of all time. But I think because of all those aspects and the uh, the melancholic nature of the film, the more you watch it, the more you get out of it. So for me, 
It's easy. It's a stone cold 10 out of 10 salsichas. Salsicha, 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 or as they say in my hood, zizitsa. Yeah, I don't get that, by the way. Is that some sort of Sicilian dialect? Because I don't like it. No, it's hard to say salsicha, so you say zizitsa. When I was growing up. It's like gabagool instead of. When I was growing up in the Arnold and you went to Schnooks to buy salsicha, they put Z A dash Z A. No, Z A dash Z I D Z A. Z-Z-Z-A. That's yeah. what they put on the dang packaging. Yeah. I did not like that. I'm going to give this baby 10 out of 10, leave the gun, take the cannolis. No, um, that's the first movie. That's why I'm giving it, because the first movie's better. You say the Tin Man's. Do it? Yeah. Is it those Tin Men? Sure, whatever you want. The Tin Man, the Tin Man, the Tin Man. The Tin Man, 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 the Tin Man. Yeah. Tim. Yep. What did my wife think of the movie? I don't know. Hello. Uh, hi, sweetie. Oh, hi, dear. Um, how's it going? Fine. Just at the Walmart. Oh, my. Is that the fifth or sixth circle of hell? I forget. No, you know what? I don't, I don't know. It's just... <laughs> it depends on which Walmart... Okay, so I don't mean to bother you. I know you're real busy, but uh, have you ever heard of this movie called The Godfather Part 2? I don't live under a rock, so yes. Have you seen it? Of course. Did you My like... My husband's a Catholic movie guy. Did you like it? Yeah. Is that it? I don't know what else to say. I am not going to get into the argument of which one's better. I okay. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay, but which one's better? Which one's better? I can't do that. No, you have to. Go. Don't even think you about it. Go. Call me back another time. No, you just say, one. say it, say it, say it, say it. Godfather 1. She said it. <laughs> yes! You know, the Goodbye. thraldom in which you live is very disappointing to me. <laughs> Catholic movie gal knows her stuff. Love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. There you have it. The Catholic movie gal agrees with me. Yeah, of course. Well, she's got great taste. I'm sure that that was a freely given opinion without threat of violence. Ladies and gentlemen, not only threat of violence. Take that back. Dude, I don't know what happens in that house. You're the one who said earlier on this podcast you could hit your wife. That's the chick who said she likes cutting the grass. Chick, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I did not prep that, but she's right. And the reason that she's right... Is because she has impeccable taste, hence our marriage. The Tim Man. That's it, Tim. Uh, we didn't go as long on this one because your opinion is wrong and Thank stupid. You. Thank you very much. Uh, next week, I'll have Dr. Boobonner on to talk about the merits of. By the way, that is a Caribbean university. I've checked into that. It's a correspondence course, and they don't really give degrees. Well, regardless of his degree or lack thereof, until next time, I be the Catholic movie guy. The Tim Man. Bye.